Hello and welcome to the Weekend Review. I'm Michael Curzon and I'm joined by SD Wicket. Sam, how are you? I'm good, Michael. I'm absolutely sick of uh, Russia-Ukraine. I have no interest in talking about it and we won't. No. <laughs> well, since you've mentioned it, I've got to say something. Um, I, I think this the whole Partygate stuff got forgotten about in, in uh, a whole uh, two moments, quicker than you could say no-fly zone. Um, and all of a sudden, the, the news desk understandably was was uh, just washed away by russia ukraine i think interestingly just to show how much of a short attention span we've got it's already starting to dwindle in Oof. the in the national debate i mean for example rishi sunak's spring statement normally no one talks about the budget this wasn't even the budget this was like a mini budget uh, that would you know usually appear on page 38 would get no interest this became a massive topic Obviously, because of the you know fear around rising costs, which we're all we're all suffering, this was a bigger story. But um, yeah, I think it. I think if you if you're sick of Russia-Ukraine news, then for better or for worse, uh, it is actually sort of it appears to be going down quite a bit in the news agenda. I think fewer people are reading up on it. Um, which... I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to it's, it's hard to, to maintain focus on it. You know, what is essentially a territorial dispute five thousand miles away than it is to Think about you know your own cost of living going through the roof to the point where it's unaffordable. Like um, they we, we were talking on the phone um when this just when everything just started going up and I I sent you that I just see my energy bill for the month and it made me weep. You know, it was... mm. yeah. I'm on uh, what do you call it? I'm on prepay, which is when you I don't know why it's called prepay. You have to go and pay to top it up. It's like pay as you go, and I think that's supposed to uh, supposed to be worse the increase. So I'm I'm I'm. I'm looking forward to see how quickly the meter goes down every week. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, I introduce you in this episode, but it's, it's not the first time in, in recent weeks you've been introduced to speak because you recently appeared at an event in Birmingham, which annoyingly I couldn't attend, even though it was only about half an hour from me, but there you are. Um, so why don't you tell us where you were, what you spoke about and, and how it made you feel about what it is we're we're trying to do, what it is we believe in, where it stands and where it's going. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I spoke at the uh, the Nomos event in Birmingham, um, which was uh, put together and hosted by uh, Evelyn and Scrum Monkey, um, two sort of uh, two sort of <laughs> dissident YouTubers. Um, no, it was it was it was a great event. I mean, um, it was myself, um, uh, Bornbrook's uh, sort of favorite son uh alexander adams and uh panama hat who's a um, very interesting uh, youtuber and, and writer um the theme of the event was uh vanguardism um so essentially you know creating a, a sort of a squadron in which to um further uh, our ends um my speech was on was on uh the archetypes of the vanguard so I, I put together a speech about you know sort of essentially dividing the labor um and sort of um what people can do to make a difference you know bit, whether that's you know um come up with new ideas and an analysis or uh, create art or you know put together events or you know build alternate networks that, that sort of thing um and it went, it went off really well i was very nervous about speaking but um uh yeah it, w it went off pretty well and uh, i think my favorite part of the evening was actually the uh the period in between talks when we were just in a hotel bar, just you know, just just sort of chatting. That's not meant as an insult. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely, it wasn't because I, I think that was the intention. I think yeah. I think the the speeches were 
about essentially um, almost breaking the ice between the speakers and and, and the audience. Um, mm -hmm. And they were excellent speeches. Um, Mr. Adams did a great piece on uh, on like arts and and sort of art networking and the need to form sort of creative circles, um, which which you know I, I completely agree with. Um, but yeah, no, I mean afterwards and in between speaks, we were just um, we were it was in a hotel bar, just you know you were just chatting to you know like minded folk. It was it was it was good. It was refreshing, especially if you're young, um, because you know you you're almost definitely outnumbered in any sort of social scenario among friends and co-workers and that sort of thing when it comes to, you know, uh, disbelieving or distrusting regime narratives. So to be in, in an environment where you can speak completely freely, you haven't got to mince your words, you haven't got to you know, lower, lower your voice a little bit, you know, it was, it was great. Mm. No, it's good to hear. Um, so, yeah, what obviously we, we talk about um, the state of the country and its politics, and I suppose more importantly, uh, it's culture. Um, what, what does this make you think about that then? Because we always hear it's too late. Uh, the sort of the, the Peter Hitchens line is that, well, not I suppose that it's too late. I'm not sure he'd argue that, but at least that nothing's going to happen in this lifetime of his, that is, um, that it's going to take quite a long time. Do you think that by the time we're, we're knocking on the, the door of the 80s, uh, that we're, we'll, be, um, we'll be in the same mood? Or do you think that uh, we've got enough time to actually change that prospect and to to create a yeah? See, 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 I think my opinion changed actually throughout the evenings. So I think it was something that I, I think I think Panama Hat said during his speech, which is so as you consumed more alcohol. Well, actually, to say about before 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 I ask a question, I I did I I got a bit of Dutch courage. I drank two glasses of wine before my speech, um, and I think it helped. Um, so I think I think I might have found my 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 cure for neurosis but anyway um there's one thing i, th I think panama hat said it but it's been echoed before in this mo in this sort of in, in these circles which is you know uh, i think elite theory is very seriously regarded in these circles which states that you know the organized minority is always more effective than the disorganized majority hmm. um so while yes we we do make up a, a distinct minority in in the sort of political sphere especially among our age group um the difference between that being, you know, cause for failure and cause for success is being organized, hmm. um, which gave me some cause for hope, actually, um, because that night everyone's on the same page. You know, um, there were virtually no disagreements, um, which, you know, it's, it's a problem. But I mean, um, if there are disagreements, they, they must be put to one side until the job is done. Um, but yes, yeah, so that gave me a bit of hope. Um, and also I think my speech ended on a note of basically we may not live to see it but it's still worth doing oh yeah definitely yeah. um well it's something that we discuss a lot isn't it, inside the mag about organization um because it's it's there's 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 manpower uh but then there's also lives and work beyond that given this isn't uh something done for money so uh it, it is it is important um and i think that's going to be true for a lot of people um with our views in in different circles who because it's not the, the the sort of the norm across across the country, you have to engage with with the rest in order just to make a living. Um, but that's not necessarily to say that you can't do other things outside. Um, mm. Which which I think meeting in person, having been you know, banned for so long, um, is a really important aspect of. Um, yeah, and there are people from far and wide. Um... You know, at one point, I, I nipped off to the shop to get some tobacco with, you know, a Canadian guy and a, 
and the guy from sorry uh the organizers uh you know from like the north um some stuff from scotland um you know uh also one thing actually that i i kind of want to advertise while i've got the space before we get into the sort of the, the bread and butter of the conversation is um the the largest group in attendance there was something called basket weavers which is a group set up basically uh it's split into geographical regions but basically what the idea is basically is people getting together from online um so there was a dinner and drinks event the night before um the main event um which was for basically the speakers uh people who bought early bird tickets and also the uh, basket weavers i think, right. I, think the, I was talking to the head of the london chapter who was photographing the evening um and basically it's basically it's just some days they just go to the pub sometimes they go to museums sometimes, sometimes they they go and ride old steam trains um but it's just about getting you offline and into uh, tangible friendships, which I think is really important because, you know, we're all on borrowed time here. Um, at any moment, we could, get, we, could get, we could get, you know, zapped from Twitter. And and if you haven't made, you know, offline connections, then that's a lot of people just gone. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, which, which I think is really important. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool to learn about the, the basket weavers as well. The basket weavers. Never heard of that. Is there a is there a chapter in Birmingham then? Quite possibly. I I only spoke to the to the London guy. <laughs> Makes it sound like a, a US bike gang. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think the fraternal bond is the same. <laughs> well, fair enough. Just hopefully less stabbings. Um, <laughs> although being in Birmingham, maybe not. Who knows? Um, yeah. Well, I think you know it's important to consider these things because the the um when you look at the sort of mainstream alternatives that you've got whether that be publishers and one of the you know one of the main sort of um alternative publishing groups is uh, bikeback i suppose it's, it's quite big now i'm not sure if it's very alternative actually uh run by ian dale um which is still you know it's still very it's still um I think it still has the sort of the intrinsic cowardice of you know the the mainstream rights, which is you know yeah that's my point. So this is a this is a mainstream thing, and as such has been tainted. Uh, well, yeah, I mean that's the thing is I, I I don't think we I don't think we have any choice but to escape the mainstream to to work outside of it because um, it, there's there's just, even if you're a supposed you know you know you're you're on the anti woke train or whatever or you're pro Brexit or you know anti lockdown. There's still that kind of that cowardice to go, you know, to 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 fully, you know, um, express a dissident position. Because um, ultimately, ultimately, you know, they have donors who have who have, you know, reputations to protect. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the less we rely on, even even something like bite back, the better. Yeah, I, well, I think this is the point, though, isn't it? A lot of this boils down at the end of the day to money, um, which is uh almost always the the make or break scenario and the donors are a big point of it um they always say the conservative party that if it were to hold a sort of a, a donation raising day it wouldn't make a penny um among the public that is if it were to stand outside a bus stop or a, a train station uh, they'd get spat on more than they'd have copper coins thrown in a tin um whereas if you try and rely instead, if you if you build an organisation which is appealing to people rather than to sort of millionaire donors in different countries, then I think you're onto a winner. Even if it takes longer um, and it's more difficult and and I suppose makes a lot less money, 
uh, given that that's not the purpose at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And you still, you still find ways to, to make it work regardless. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Conservative Party then, we've talked about other aspects of publishing. Uh, any hope for that? Does, it, does an event like this make you think, um, all right, if these groups of people were to come together and try and sp- form a sort of splinter aspect of the party, you always hear like at conferences, there's different groups which talk, which try to influence how the party runs. And even within Parliament, you've got the, the ERG and a new, uh, a new group, Skeptical of, of Net Zero, which is mainly a Tory group, I think, that are trying to shift the direction of the government. Do you think that a group like this would have any possible hopes if it were to join the party and try and influence it? Because that's an argument of a lot of groups, isn't it? The, I, I think the party is utterly um, uncapturable in the way it's set up. It's, it's not like Labour where you can flood the NEC with, with sympathisers and, you know, and get an outsider in like Corbyn. The party is... Ultimately... Him, by the way, yesterday. Huh? Um, I was on a tube next to him on Wednesday, thinking about it. Okay. Looks a lot more dweebish in real life than, <laughs> than, than even on the screen, but there you are. I bet, he, I bet. He, he seemed perfectly nice anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think the party is absolutely gone. I think I, I think it's I think it's it's a false errand to try and, you know, sort of see any tactical advantage in it. Um it's yeah. just a liberal party. It's not it's it's not it's not anywhere near our ballpark. And one thing I noticed at the event was a lot more disdain for the Tories than for Labour. Yeah. Um, definitely because 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 then it's sort of like it's like not, not only are they acting against your interest but also they're like there's like a turncoat element to it as well you know i i think well there is that but i think what it is or at least this is what i think it is for me labor is on the opposite side of us and that's quite clear and it doesn't want us to win and it it, it opposes us whereas the conservative party um actually doesn't just it doesn't stand opposite us it stands in front of us it prevents us from getting to the front in the first place yeah and 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 every and every five years we we get a bit of lip service yeah well that's that's obviously frustrating that's what i think i think we can see labor on the other side of the field and we want to run down the hill and and clash with them but we're prevented by the, the the conservative wall which stands in front which which prevents us from even having a platform of moving in the first place because it pretends to be us, um, but it's it's really not. And well, I, I mean, think- I, I think even even the pretense is is is, is vanishing. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, you know, we'll we'll go into the to the sort of the the story that kind of triggers this conversation in a bit. But I mean, you know, it, it's just the outwardly progressive party at this point. Um, yeah, I think one. One of the one of the defining aspects of our time, one of the defining arguments, is identity politics. Yeah. Um, and what you would expect to happen on a typical sort of liberal conservative split is that liberals would grasp onto identity politics. We've seen this already. You 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 can tell this at all levels. You can tell it at the university where no speech is is begun before the words "I say this as a." X. Yeah. No, um, no. And or of course, uh, you can't say this because you're an X. Um, it's it's shown at that level. It's shown in in the institutional level where you have quotas of who can and can't get in, and then it's shown a political sort of emotive level where we say how important it is that people embrace these sort of identities and 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 we make a big song and dance about it. Now the conservative you would think would reject this. They'd say it's supposed to be more about merit. We don't really care 
uh, identity in in unimportant aspects, say, or at least in more unimportant aspects. Obviously, we're we're patriotic and we believe in nation and things like yeah, that. Yeah, see, because see, that's a difficult line to sort of to tread, isn't it? Because I, I, I do think, to a degree, we do exhibit a sort of identity politics um, yeah. in that we we identify very strongly with our country. Um, yeah, we identify we identify culturally in that sense, but not in. Uh, not so much in someone's sexuality or their race, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which, which, so long as the the first point is met about nationhood, uh, is 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 supposed to be secondary. It's not supposed to matter. Mm. But what we see with the Conservative Party, uh, when Boris Johnson got elected, he wrote a, he wrote in the Spectator, he wrote the diary for the Christmas special, and said we've got the most LGBT, most yeah, uh, yeah. racially diverse party uh that there's ever been and, and and said this was a great thing and you thought well hang on a minute you're supposed to be a conservative i mean obviously we know he's not and again he doesn't actually pretend to be in fairness um but you, you say well you're supposed to reject these ideas this is you have a go at the left for saying um oh why haven't you got enough uh why aren't there enough black faces on this pamphlet or why aren't there enough women on this board you c- complain about them yes at the same time celebrate the fact that you are more diverse and we saw that this week then with um, the first the first uh, trans MP, which is a, a Tory MP. Um, and straight away, I, I, in fairness, it's true. You could tell the left was probably quite frustrated about this, given um, that yet again, its side is on is on the back foot when it comes to identity politics. Um, and, and the Tories were were saying how delighted they were. Um, and and you could tell some journalists that Christian Kelly, I think his name is from from Guido Fawkes, was very open about this. He was celebrating the fact that Labour was frustrated um, with the fact it was the Tories and not Labour that had the first trans MP. Well, surely then they're representing the same problem by showing a major excitement in identity politics by saying this is an amazing thing. Yeah. Surely that <clears throat> in itself. Um, it's basically saying we've outlefted the left. Is what is what? Yeah, that which is which is which is what which is what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's the the Everton window has shifted to the point where, you know, the it, on a good day the Tories are basically just Labour of ten years ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it's getting to the point where they, they're the Labour of ten years from now. Yeah, and, um, you know, and, and and this is why I I I just my my belief in faith in politics is just eviscerated because you know. Um, this is simple. This is, this is simple party politics. This is this is this is this is you know, Tories and Tory supporters getting one over on Labour, rather than what I think should be the only focus, which is the well-being of the nation and its people. Yeah, I I I do not give a damn about some MP coming out as trans. I I do not care. I really don't care. I don't care that it was a Tory. I don't care if it was Labour. I don't care. All I care about is the fact that you know this country is just. Is declining at a rapid pace. Mm. You know, its its poorest are soon to basically have to pick between heating and food. Mm. Um, mean, meanwhile, you know, we're, we're we're posturing about you know about um, intervention in in Eastern Europe and sending you know trillions of sorry, sending billions of pounds over there. Again, it's 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 just it's I think that's the the problem with politics that it's once it moves beyond mere administration and into complete cultural social and uh, and you know and um <clears throat> and moral dominance of society this is what you get you get you know the biggest story of a day being you know 
a Tory MP, you know, wanting to castrate himself rather than thinking about, you know, how can we actually make life in this country better? Yeah. Um, and I think it's partly because politics is almost all that we've got left. The government in Westminster is almost all that there is left. You have the church completely quashed. All sort of cultural institutions now are, are pretty much nothingness. Um, nobody has very much to look up to or to identify with, I suppose you could say, other than a political party. That's, that's I mean, even families are, are um, seem to be uh, becoming harder to find these days given separation rates. Um, so a lot of people identify first and foremost as being either Tory or Labour uh, or whatever else it might be. Um, which is a really dangerous thing, I think, when politics is elevated above all else. Um, it shows a sort of a, a lack of uh, national unity, a lack of proper identity, <clears throat> or yeah, any identity that should really matter. And and that centralisation is quite concerning. Um, as I said earlier on, and also in my speech, I do think politics should just be about administration. Um, yeah. So, you know, a sort of a cold, detached, um, ideology-less just administration of the country. <clears throat> everything else ca can be done in civil society um and most 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 importantly in the home um but, you know it, it's 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 policies of the last you know 50 odd years that have just just, just taken that out and also you know seeing seeing you know the Tories pushing for um more no felt divorce um policy as well i mean it's it's no it, surprise with Boris in control yeah, I mean, yeah, a serial philanderer who was, you know, I'm not surprised that someone like that is is the is a Tory leader. No, no, I think it's actually it's quite indicative, isn't it? It's a good illustration of just how how low the party has got that someone like him can hold the reins. Hmm. And and some people did warn about this before, but no one, I think you did. The <laughs> worrying thing, sorry, you did. Well, yeah, I was I was at the time the the leader of uh, the University Conservative Society, which. I tried to remind people wasn't affiliated with the party, um, but it, I, I got into the tab. Uh, <laughs> seminal, seminal journalism of the, of the tab. Absolutely, yeah, for, for criticising Boris's philandering. Um, but um, I, I think the biggest problem is, is that when I talked about this or when anybody talked about these aspects, when the few people who were bothered by it talked about it, no one really cared. It's not just that, you know, he got to the party top because the politicians don't care about it. I think, um, well, I mean, most Tory supporters, uh, younger ones at least, are actually liberals. They are Labour supporters who, who like to be a bit different um, mm. or, or perhaps Labour supporters with a bit more money. Well, uh, no, or the Lib Dems who voted Brexit, you know. Um, yes. But, but again, you know, I think that's, that's the difference between... I think the, the Brexit that had the real populist energy of someone like Nigel Farage and what we got, which was, you know, which, which, which revolves around having more mass immigration, not less, you know, mm. more vassalage on the international stage than less. Um, I think, I think, you know, it, go back, you know, almost six years when I, when I went to that booth and voted to leave, I, I did, I did it envisioning a sort of, you know, a, a a semi it's almost like an isolationist um britain that, that you know that that just focused on, on itself that played into its island island mentality it's not yeah. what we it's what we got because you know the, the tory party is the, it's not the party of britain it isn't the party of tradition it's the party of of uh, of lobbied interests yeah and i think that that might be a good place to to wrap up actually 
to say that's a very good recent example that still hurts a lot of people. Think what happened when you put your faith in the system and voted for Brexit. It got quashed. It, it, they, they spat in your face, essentially. It didn't work. You can't trust on these avenues um, to bring about what you want. Whereas with the event that Sam went to, with some of the work that we try to do, proper networking with, with people, um, it's much smaller scale, um, but at least you've got something to work towards. At least you're not already on the back foot, you know, losing <clears throat> constantly. You can I, yeah, it, have some it, sort of communal feel. <laughs> If I can make it, if I can make a closing remark based on my experiences with the event in the last few weeks, it's this: it's the future is underground. Right there, you are the mole movement. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, right. Well, on that bombshell, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we hope you have a, a nice weekend, and hope that you join us again next week. Thanks all. <laughs>